0: Hey, guys, thank you for joining us. Before we hop into our episode this week, we want to announce the winner of our $500 in gift cards this week, and they're going to get a surprise call from Mm us. We want to do this every single week because this is our way of spreading kindness and trying to encourage people to connect with their community. So be sure to still text me because we're going to be giving away $500 in gift cards every week. My cell number is 310-496-8667.
1: And we got so many messages and nominations last week and the stories are amazing. You guys are so kind and so awesome. And this week, Jessica from Virginia Beach nominates her bestie, Melanie Rhodes.
0: Melanie is a veteran of the US Navy and she has committed her whole life to teaching kids. In fact, before COVID hit, she was actually substitute teaching in a kindergarten class.
1: Melanie, we look forward to talking to you and we're so inspired by your kindness and your service.
0: Yes, and you really need to stay to the end of this episode because we are really excited about our call this week.
1: I'm so excited that I'm jumping up and down in my seat.
0: Or are okay. you floating because floating there's zero up gravity? And down in my seat. We had a conversation this week with Commander Chris Cassidy. He's a NASA astronaut and he's up in space at the International Space Station.
1: Yeah. Can you believe that humans have occupied the International Space Station for 20 years now? That's amazing. We figured that since we're doing check-ins at home each week, this would be the greatest perspective of home from outer space. Home, planet Earth. Mm-hmm.
0: Shall we start this week's conversation? Let's do it. It's pretty great because um, I really like these two that we're talking to this week.
1: I love these two.
0: I remember meeting them one time.
1: Yeah, you know, we see them once in a while. They're kind (laughs) of weird, but we love them. They're family. (laughs) Family's always weird. Welcome home, everyone.
0: Welcome home. You're at home with Linda Drew Scott. This is an exciting week.
1: Do you know what day it is tomorrow?
0: It's my brother's birthday. JD's birthday. He's turning. Am I allowed to say how old he's turning or is that rude? 44. He's two years older than me. So um, I'm I'm excited because, actually, I'm not excited because what? we're all in isolation. Oh. No, because we always get together for our family birthdays and, and whatnot. And we can't get together with yeah. JD and Ellie. We'll FaceTime with them, but.
1: It is very bizarre. We hang out with them a lot and. Annalie often stays with us when we're filming and we haven't seen them in a very long time. Two months. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's odd, but, but we'll find other creative ways to celebrate.
0: And it's also, this has been really great for them because they've been actually able to spend a lot more time together uh, at at home, home. which is pretty cool. So it's all about family for us. I mean, Linda's family, she has, there are five siblings in total. I have, there's three of us in, in my family and, yeah, we're all very tight.
1: Yeah, and this chat with J.D. and Annalie. we you
0: trying to combine their names? G- uh, Jannalie. Jan- Jan- Jan-
1: the chat with Jannalie was long overdue. Uh, we tried to schedule this like forever and we just couldn't line up our schedules. Well, it's,
0: yeah, either we were away somewhere or they were away somewhere, but now- So
1: now we've had to record it while in isolation. While in isolation. And it was still fine. It was Which fun. Which is still
0: great. A lot of fun chatting with them. And also it lets me rele- reveal all of J.D.'s secrets.
1: Yeah, and you'll have to check out the video, or I don't know. Did we tell people to watch this video? Because JD surprised us with something at the very end that we cannot unsee.
0: Yeah, Probably here, let's let's, let's sing for everybody that song we've been practicing for oh, JD. Yeah, remember that, that one for his yes, birthday? Definitely. All right. So. Okay. Cake. On J- me. Yeah, JD's songs are all like nine inch nails and cake on me. <laughs> Kick me off. That sounds perverted. Never mind.
1: Yeah. Let, let's just get to the episode. <laughs>
0: Okay, if ADT wasn't professional enough, now ADT installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security.
1: I mean, what are they going to do next? They're, they're going to start a country singing career.
0: I would listen to a country band named ADT. Also, I like to know what's happening at our front door from virtually anywhere with my Google Nest doorbell. Just saying. Your
1: Google Nest doorbell? Oh, I said our. He said my everybody check that yeah all right well i like to control my adt smart devices like my lights my locks
2: <laughs>
0: my security system with google nest speakers and displays
1: and i like to say hey google to get started
0: listen i said ours. i'm all about ours, not mine help protect what matters most with all this plus 24 7 professional monitoring from adt and a little help from google
1: visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help make your home smarter and safer.
0: So, how have you guys found uh, life is at home? I mean, it's, it, I don't think a lot would have changed for you, right? Because, JD, with your insomnia, your schedule is usually late nights, Annalise sort of up during the day more, and there's this switch back and forth. So,
3: yeah, that's it's a dynamic. Honestly, not much has changed for me. I, I'm working at night. So, I've got lots of projects around here I'm still working on, and I've done the same stuff, basically. I just don't go out to get things now.
4: Yeah, I think that's the, the biggest thing for us has been. Um, getting everything delivered. So I don't... Well, neither of us really runs errands anymore. We just have everything delivered that we possibly can. Um, But I actually really like that we're on opposite schedules. It was hard years ago, getting used to not sleeping together. But it's actually really nice because we both get a ton of alone time. And then we have this nice evening window where we... I I tell him good morning, I make dinner, we eat together, we watch a show, and then I clean up. I go to bed. He texts me in. Then when I get up, he's coming to bed. I scratch his back till he falls asleep, yeah. and do it again.
3: Because <laughs> right now it's what, like five thirty p.m., and I've only been up for about an hour. So this is my morning. Oh yeah,
0: good, good morning. morning. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. It, it's so <laughs> funny. Like we're going to bed in a few hours, and this is your morning. But yeah. uh, I mean, how long have you guys been together now?
4: Well, we just had our oh, six, 6 year six years. dating anniversary. Oh,
3: yeah. So in a wow. relationship for six years.
4: Wait, yeah. is that right? Yeah. That's no, it's crazy. Sorry, in a relationship for five. Oh. But we've known each other for five and a half. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It
1: seems like forever, but also <laughs> it seems a like a very short time.
0: Yeah, it's. I but for me, I think it's it's so interesting to see. You know, I I remember when we first met Anna Lee. And it was over the holiday. It was Christmas. You came to meet the family like the first year. Yeah, we were (laughs) were dating at that time. Yeah. We were wearing
1: a, was it a unicorn
0: onesie? A unicorn pink onesie. (laughs) But, uh, and I remember thinking like, because, you know, I've, I'm always, I've always said in our family, everyone knows I'm the one who will voice my opinion if I do not approve of somebody's girlfriend. And we loved you from the get go. I mean, you were so fun and awesome and uh, such a great energy.
1: I literally remember going to bed that night and saying, she's so easy to talk to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Pretty. We're like, what the hell is she doing with JD? (laughs) Uh, No, but. In the beginning, when you guys first started dating, tell us a bit of, of, you know, how you met and, you know, the flirting process back and forth.
4: Well, um, so we met at a bar through mutual friends and... JD was not overly excited to meet me, and so I would, didn't act excited to meet him or
3: whatever. Well, I just I, I was there with someone else, and I... He was
4: actually alone when I met him. No, but
3: I was at the bar with someone else, and I had um, had a couple of drinks, and so this was just someone I didn't know. So I was like, oh, nice to meet you. That was it.
4: Anyway... So a few months later, we <laughs> <laughs> replied to a tweet of mine and I remembered meeting him. So I followed him back and then Facebook suggested us to be friends. So we started talking there, hung out in person. And then it was our third date. He said something and I said, well, you know, we we had met before. That was why I tweeted you back. And he has didn't, no recollection didn't of remember
0: that at all. At all. He's uh, just playing hard to get. So Still, five and a half it, years later, he's playing hard to get. Do you remember I, I, it now?
3: Well, yes. So now that we know that, I can think back and I'm like, oh, yeah, through those mutual friends. But at the time, yeah. no idea. I thought legitimately that we met,
4: met on Twitter. Because he had started following me on Twitter because I was on a magazine cover that he had. And so he, he, had, he just knew how I was from that. He didn't remember... Yeah, I, thought,
3: I thought it was my witty comment, whatever it was. Uh, it was wait, wait
1: the magazine that you had in the bathroom, like the one you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it might
3: yeah. have been
1: along those
0: lines. <laughs> so it was a pervy tweet. Uh, was the the first uh, he reached out, but you had actually just genuinely tried to meet him. Well, at yeah, the I remembered who he
4: was, and uh, yeah, so then we hung out a few times, and like we just got along really well. And he was actually the first person I'd met in Vegas who had. A little bit of depth to him, so I'd met a lot of Just people. Just a little. <laughs> I'd met a couple friends, but as far as any sort of romantic interest, he was the first one that I really felt like, okay, like even if we don't end up dating, he's somebody I really would like to keep in my life, either yeah. way. And uh, so we have we hung out a lot before we were but exclusive.
3: At the beginning, she didn't think I was interested in her.
4: No, I thought <laughs> I thought our first three dates. He is either gay or legitimately just wanted to be my friend because he never made a move. <laughs> we like went and got absent on our first date. He didn't even kiss me afterwards or anything, and I, I just never, I've just never—I've never had to make the move for, on anybody. And
3: so, and Lee, I, we're we're gentlemen in the
0: Sky family. I was,
4: Whatever.
3: I was trying to be the gentleman, and I was trying to do it a little bit differently <laughs> than I have in the past because
4: I had heard otherwise. I, yeah. Yeah, it might be a like,
3: reputation. But I yeah, I wanted to I had gen- genuine interest in this person and I wanted to do it the right way.
1: Yeah. So was so- that was that your game though? Were you playing hard together or like you were truly just like wanting to be a gentleman?
3: Oh, I wasn't playing anything. I was just trying to be a gentleman and okay. I want to kind of slow things down and really get to know her and yeah.
4: But for me I've never had anybody do that so i was just confused and then yeah it was like our third date before we even kissed and like we went to events together i had been over here to the house a couple times and it <laughs> was always a we'd get back to the house and basically say goodbye and i would leave like,
3: but just the like fir- the first time she came to the house i invited her over to watch my show <laughs> <laughs> ah
0: very smooth <laughs> Very self-absorbed. I want to be a gentleman, but a self-absorbed gentleman. Yeah. Look, I had to live tweet, so.
4: That's yeah. hilarious. That was, that was a weird, weird experience, but uh, I stuck around. And yeah. so, yeah, anyways, I didn't want to go back home for Christmas because I had already been home four times that year to Texas. And I had gone home for Thanksgiving and JD said, well, why don't you just spend it with my family and me? And obviously I knew who you guys were. And... I I feel like internally, I was just like.
3: (laughs) But I, I mean, I did say too that we have always at Christmas kind of been like the home of lost toys. So if there's doesn't have anywhere to go, they have come. Yeah, spent it with us. So
0: yeah, and my family
4: was the same way.
0: I, I find you know it growing up like that, like literally, we always had more friends staying over for the holidays at mom and dad's at the ranch and than we did our own family. Um, but it's just always the way we were. It was always nice to be able to support our friends that, you know, if they were at university, but they didn't have, they weren't going home for the holiday. They could just stay yeah. with us and, exactly. and hang out. But it was, yeah, that first time I was, I'm being totally honest. I was full on ready to judge you. Like I was like, JD, you know, he's had some different choices in the past for, for girlfriends. And not to say I haven't either, but, um, yeah, I was, I was ready because J.D. you know, always had his type that he would go for. Most people, I think, do. And you changed all of that. Well, and I think it's great. You brought color into his life, too, because before you, J.D. almost never uh, wore any color. It was always kind of like today, just black
3: and gray. Yeah. Yeah, mostly black.
4: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember coming over for Christmas, and I was ready to be judged. I was so nervous. <laughs> and then I... I don't know. You guys were all so nice. The whole family... And I don't know. I said the same thing about Linda. Just how easy she was to talk to. I felt very welcome and like I belonged right away.
3: Okay, I remember the first time I met Linda.
4: It was I after birthday. At it was at Disneyland.
3: Yeah, of all
1: places. Oh yeah,
3: that's right. The weird part was I didn't know that Drew was seeing anybody at the time. So you were there, and I thought that you were actually like. A liaison at disney
2: <laughs> did story. you actually
3: yeah because my my girlfriend at the time had planned like a big scavenger hunt thing i thought oh well, i guess this is part of the plan like she arranged this and you were so nice and enthusiastic <laughs> like, there's no way she's not with this
0: why is why is drew making out with the
3: liaison i don't <laughs> yeah, understand put it off
2: <laughs> yeah so,
3: but then i saw an Ellie this last night I can hardly remember a time before you were in the family, Linda. So even even things that I'll go back and think of before that, I've inserted you into them like you were there. I know. In my head. Exception. Uh,
0: Tell us about growing up, though, Annalee, in Texas. Amarillo, in Texas. Amarillo, Texas. Yay! Hoo! Do you How start every doing? sentence with a hoo?
4: So <laughs> I did have a really heavy Texan accent before I started traveling. And I think it was I was mainly traveling to Colorado and New Mexico, and I just started to realize how judgy people were of my accent, and so I slowly started trying to change certain things I would say. um, But it still slips out. Like I'm fixing to do it, comes out. What does that mean?
3: Oh, I'm fixing to. I'm
4: about to. I'm. Getting ready to fix oh, okay. there's there's, in to do it.
3: There's a number of terms. And every time she says one of these things, I'm like, that's not proper English. <laughs> yeah.
4: But like, then he comes in with like progress and things like that. So
3: Which is proper English. I don't know. Oh I- my
4: gosh. When we were driving in the in the car the other night,
1: uh, what came up? But what is the movie with Angelina Jolie where she plays the evil queen? Maleficent.
0: Maleficent. Yes. Maleficent. Drew- I was calling probably- it
3: Drew
1: was like, that? what was that movie called? Meneficence? Magnificence.
3: I recall years and years ago when Drew and I were living together in Vancouver, that he came home one night and he was heavy into acting and taking a lot of acting classes. And it's like, oh, wait, what were you doing tonight? He's like, oh, I was taking a course. It was How to Sound American.
0: Wait, yeah. are you serious? <laughs> of course, American dialect. I was told by the casting directors, because a lot of US shows, Smallville and a bunch of shows, uh, X-Files, they would all come up from the US and they would shoot in, in Vancouver.
3: And but they, they, they to want to use so many use, actors.
0: Yeah, exactly. They want to use local actors, but then they only want to use ones that sound like they're American. And so constantly I was given the feedback that I'm not going to book the role because I sound too Canadian. And I'm like, God. So I worked it. I remember I was still trying really hard. The first season of Property Brothers, if, if you watch the first one or two seasons, you still hear quite a few Canadianisms. And it's just a funny thing. I'm, a lot of Americans don't want to hear that accent. They... Yeah. They just want to hear an American generic accent. But then, if I hang around Anna Lee, I'll start to do my <laughs> Texan accent. No, nah, no, nah, nah. see, you went Southern.
4: There's a difference between Southern and Texan.
3: Yeah. yeah.
4: Texans yeah. more twangy. Southern's more. Southern like,
3: Southern is sultry. Yeah.
4: yeah.
0: yeah. Texan is uh, it's just twangy. Yeah. <laughs> but, if, but if it's twangy, then I guess everything I sing must be Texan. Because well, uh, you do you sing Texan? Because yeah.
3: everything you sing reverts to, like, Randy Travis. Style. I don't
0: know what you're talking about. I got uh, yeah, the... Yeah, anyway, that's the one, yeah.
4: yeah. So, growing up in Texas was, uh, was a completely different experience than everything I know now. And uh, it was very... It was a city, but it was a small city, so it was about 180,000 while I was growing up. And it was very, very conservative uh, family and, like, my church was super conservative. But yeah, so my my life was going to church like four times a week. I would take my Bible to school and that I just, I don't know. I, I thought I might like grow up and go to Bible college. And my plan was to just end up getting like a business degree, business degree get married, have kids. and
3: Well, you just went in the opposite direction completely. <laughs> yeah, and I thought
4: maybe I'll move to like Dallas or Denver, you know, not too far. Um But I just, I really had no exposure to the outside world because we weren't allowed to watch like non-Christian movies or yeah. a lot of TV, like anything that was bad.
3: She hadn't seen almost anything that I ever asked about when we met. Yeah. So, and no popular movies, no TV so shows, no
4: Simpsons, no Fresh Prince.
3: Yeah. Your dad was, I could
4: watch Family Matters, but not Fresh Prince all the time.
3: Your dad would let you watch stuff. If, yeah, you know, my if dad watching it, was up to him, it but as. I also oh, oh. have to make a list of all of like the movies, c- classic like, movies that everybody knows about that she'd never ever seen.
4: Yeah. So when I was about 24, I remember I was just sitting there complaining to my boyfriend at the time about how everyone in Amarillo was so... like how everyone just talks about getting out of town and they never do and they're all miserable. And he just looked at me and he said, you are no better than them. You're sitting here talking crap about all of them and you're doing the exact same thing. And I think it was like six months after that, I moved to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, like,
0: thank, thank you.
4: So, thank, I almost,
0: thank you. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You say to him, thank you for this push that I needed. Okay, bye. Breaking up with you, I'm out of here.
4: <laughs> so what what was the... I invited him to come yeah. with me, but he wanted to stay there. And so we stayed together until I moved and like, we're still friends. So it's funny
3: though, cause I know him and he's a great guy, but people in Amarillo have like that kind of set out life before them. And yeah. they have a really big plant there, uh, Pantex. Pentex, where they make nuclear warheads. And that is kind of where everybody filters into. You, you, where you the, whole, yeah, the whole thing is you grow up and you want to work at Pentex because that's what people do.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: What was the turning point that made you curious about a life outside of what you knew? Like, if you didn't have anything to compare it to, what made you question if what you had was what you wanted? So I
4: think it was a combination of things. I think the first was that, like, I've always dressed really... Interestingly, and my my parents always let me. They never like I had to dress conservative, but I could wear whatever weird things I wanted. And so I think that interest in expressing myself through fashion it made me want to go to school for um, fashion merchandising or marketing. And, and so when I started looking at colleges, like then I kind of started seeing more mm-hmm. of like how the fashion industry works. And and so that. Sparked my interest, but then I also had um, some pretty big traumatic life experiences when I was 16, and I ended up like not going to church anymore at the one we were at. I went to a couple other ones, and even I think just seeing the difference in these other churches and how the lifestyles were different in the same city, but just through a different church, made me realize that like I didn't actually know everything, and. Uh, so I think just those tiny little experiences made me really want to see what else was out there. When you what said before
3: that the tr- travel was such a huge part of yeah. figuring that out, and it was the same for me. When I graduated from high school, I left Canada like maybe two months later and moved mm-hmm. to Australia. So as well, that far was right as after I high yet- school, mm-hmm. I was still in high school. Oh, I, was grade- yeah. I was grade
0: ten, just finishing grade ten when you went to Australia, and you were gone for. Over a year, weren't you?
3: Yeah, over a year. Uh, first time and I came back for a bit and then I went back. Um, but I, I didn't really have any, I didn't know anything about Australia other than Crocodile Dundee. (laughs) Which is
4: one of my movies I was allowed to watch and I love it. It's a good
3: movie. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I just went over there with a friend of mine and we had no plan. Um, we, at first we're staying with some relatives of his that were super, super religious. And, um, their lifestyle was not at all like what we wanted to do. Like we want to have fun and go out and go dancing. And so we ended up moving in to a place in the city. And I just, I feel like that's where I became an adult because I learned there was more outside of my box than what I realized. I was saying, I thought that I knew everything. I thought, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, a very smart guy and I've got all this wisdom and I knew nothing.
0: No, you never spoke back to mom and dad and and always questioned everything they said. You no. didn't do that. I did the opposite
3: of whatever they said. <laughs> so
0: literally my our mom and dad would be like, Hey, JD, you should cut your hair and he would grow it twice as long. Uh whatever they said, be home at nine, he would come home the next morning at nine AM. Uh yeah. It's- but was
1: that just because you wanted to test out Your own boundaries, which in turn looks like you're just testing your parents' boundaries?
3: I didn't didn't like being told what to do. I've always been that way if I think it's unreasonable. So if I feel like someone is saying something that isn't based in logic, then I feel the need to go in the opposite direction to prove my point. I was trying to make a statement about something.
4: So while we're on this topic about you needing to prove your point because you think other people weren't based in logic... Maybe I can raise my hand and say something. (laughs) Annalie.
3: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. (laughs)
4: Yeah. (laughs) Annalie, do you have a question?
3: (laughs) Yeah.
4: We're having having the debacle of my armpit hair.
3: So Annalie is woke (laughs) and uh, suddenly decided that uh, she wasn't going to be suppressed by our society and their standards of the body for a woman and grew out her armpit hair. And
4: okay. it, because like you, if something's not rooted in logic, I have to prove my point. Yes. It's been,
3: ai wouldn't say it's a huge bone of contention here at home, but she does know I don't like body hair in general.
4: Yeah. Not for women, on anyone. Like yeah. I, he shaves
3: his whole body. I, I shave my armpits. Oh, like, you
1: guys must be brothers.
3: I got no body hair. <laughs> yeah.
1: I have more body hair than Drew does.
3: I haven't lasered, but I, I do the same thing. So we've been back and forth and I think that it's definitely okay if you want to be a certain way and you believe in that. But my argument is, you've known since day one that I don't like this thing. And now you've chosen to do something that you know that I don't like at all. So it puts me in a a place where I feel like...
4: Both attracted and disgusted by
3: me. No, that, (laughs) that you don't consider me in the equation.
4: No, it's not that. I just, it's uh, it is my my angsty inner teenager has definitely, for whatever reason, decided to come out in the last like six months, and I've just questioned everything. And if I can't find reason or logic in something, then I don't want to do it. And. She's
3: also
0: yeah. started just hanging around like this a lot more. <laughs> I've noticed that. You know I what's funny hair. though, um, I've noticed you and Marnie um, is at the same time, and I don't know if it's in Linda as well. I think it's because you guys have been talking more and en- encouraging and supporting each other more because you've all made the same decision with your armpit hair at the same time. The only thing is, like Linda, li- literally doesn't grow hair, so she has like <laughs> she has like one long armpit hair. But anyway, it's uh, my my only thing that I always say, like. I also don't like hair on anyone, guys or, or women. I'm just a fan of no hair. And uh, But I, I think you and I were talking about this, was saying it's great standing up for something that's important to you, but to do something that isn't actually something that you want to prove a point, just to stick to a point, that confuses me. So I think I was asking you, I'm like, do you actually like having hair under your armpits or do you like the, the feel and the look of not having hair and not having the smell?
4: Yeah. And I like, I think that is like such a valid point. And that's uh, something that I actually would, I enjoy talking about because I don't, I don't do it because I enjoy it. It's more, it is such a hassle for me to get rid of it. And so I don't shave because when I shave and the hair grows back so itchy and so it bothers me. So I've always waxed or sugared because the hair grows softer. And I just realized one time that it wasn't itching me anymore when it grew back. And so for me, it's actually just more efficient for me to not bother with sugaring it. Um, and I don't sweat as much as I used to. I don't have as much body odor as I used to. So I don't know. It would be very different if I were more smelly or more sweaty. I would get rid of it. But it's not... You
3: haven't asked me if you're more smelly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Look, the
4: hair on my head smells worse than the hair in my oh, armpit. Okay. I don't want it.
0: So, this I have to is ask like this. It's true. Now, uh, I'm, I'm just going to reiterate something that JD said, and then I want to ask you guys a question. So, JD said with your armpits, what bugs him is that you know from the first time you met him that he is not a fan of hair on anybody, yet you grow your armpit hair anyway. So, you're basically doing something that you know is against what he likes, but you do it. Yeah. Is there anything that JD does? that is in that same vein that you don't like, but you know he still does it anyway?
3: I don't think so because I actually do. I'm asking her, JD.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I'm almost afraid to say anything. She's like, where do I start? No, okay. So, I will say one thing that I, I do commend him on is he used to wear cargo pants all the time and I... I'm just not a fan of cargo pants unless they're styled a certain way. And he'll wear like cargo shorts, which my dad has always worn cargo shorts. And so, and he already smells like my dad, like sweat and sawdust <laughs> all the time. So I'm like, I don't need you to be my dad. Like,
3: look, let me say, I loved cargo pants. That was my favorite.
4: And he fan. does. So it was like two weeks ago. I just found out he got rid of all his cargo pants. And it actually made me really sad because as much as I poke fun and like talk crap about them I love for people to express themselves in whatever capacity that is like it I that's the most attractive thing to me is for someone to express themselves and so I was actually really sad but he got rid of them because I don't like them. Yeah. So he definitely I actually specifically yeah. brought up that I appreciated him doing that even though I would never do that for him. But you would never ask him
1: to. Like, no, no. Like yeah, if you guys never. were serious about it, you would never ask him to. If, yeah. Because when you wore the cargo pants, you weren't wearing them for her or not for her. You were just wearing them because you liked them and that's yeah. that. Just like when you're wearing your armpit hair, you're not doing it for you or you're it, just-
0: It's like when I'm wearing my shirts that are 10 sizes too small. I just yeah, wear those yeah, you for wear me. Them.
1: When you wear my clothes, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, I don't know. I mean, what do you... So, obviously, J.D., I've known you my entire life. And, um, you know, our dynamic as siblings, uh, we've always had a lot of fun. When we, when we were younger, I admit, Jonathan and I were the annoying little brothers, so you didn't want much to do with us until, I think, what until was it, grade 10? Until now? Until now. <laughs> I think it was around grade 10 we actually was... started doing some stuff together, right?
3: I think when you guys were maybe around 16.
0: Yeah, we started to mature a little bit. Yeah. But... Um, Anyway, but I do remember. You know, no one knows how to push buttons like siblings, and so you and Jonathan, especially, man, you would just have these sessions where you would just purposely say my the but- things you knew.
2: pushing sessions? Yeah,
0: they would. They would push my buttons. They, they, it was like systematically. They would go back and forth, and JD would say whatever it is that he knew would get under my
3: skin. So, but I would only ever do it if I felt like you were being unreasonable about something.
0: Yeah, and, and at times I was. I, I mean, what, what's your outlook for on on me? when when we were living together and whatnot, when was I being unreasonable? Is it usually when I'm being overly logical on something?
3: Well, you're very fanatical about uh, cleanliness, cleanliness. And cleanliness. Which sometimes it's hard with my dog, like Orion. Um, but you're pretty good about it. Like you... I don't think you hated having Orion around.
0: No, no. Um, oh, I loved Orion.
3: But it was... Uh, you were extremely into the acting stuff. And so I think there was times where you prioritized that so much that other stuff that we were trying to do fell by the wayside. Like we were also flipping houses at the time. Yeah. And I know there was a few times where a certain project that I wanted to finish that didn't get done because you had a class or like five classes yeah. that night.
0: Or it, I was finding strategic ways to make you do the laborious work and then I'll do the calculating.
3: <laughs> of things. Usually, yeah. I'm doing my part, the uh, business side.
0: Um, was it like
4: the, like when he was going to computer classes?
3: <laughs> yeah, back in the day, we made a lot of fun of Drew because he was technologically illiterate. Oh yeah, yeah. He well, does, I never had to. You, you and Jonathan nothing. were
0: technical. You you, you use Photoshop. You developed websites and and everything that you guys did. I was like, why do I need to learn to use the computer box? Because I have <laughs> brothers that do it. But then I remember as, as a like as a like my mid to late twenties. I started going, doing online computer classes with certain like Excel and a few things so I could get better. And then I remember the the moment when you and Jonathan each had some sort of an issue and I was the first one that could come in and solve it. And I was like,
3: yes, I've now become yeah, the, it's the true. support. And so we made so much fun of him because he just couldn't do anything with computers. One time you described something as the hyper card. I'm like, that's not... Yeah. That yeah. And so... When we found out that he went to this like adult learning course for like computers, at first I think we made fun of you like like for it. But then I, I thought about it like I'm actually impressed. Like that that shows a lot of initiative to go out to correct something that you didn't know, which is a basic which should well, be kind of like a basic uh, knowledge sort still. of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. knowledge basic learning.
0: That my whole, as you know, my whole philosophy in life is I am a lifelong student, and I will take classes for everything because I don't want to wonder how you do something if I could learn to do it right. And yeah. uh, I, I did get. I had a lot of friends uh, that would make fun of me over the years for stuff like that, and it well, doesn't bother me. It's
1: paid off because since being at home, he's Drew has been the tech guy. He's been the camera guy, lights, sound, setting all of this up.
0: But also, doing, I've been doing guitar lessons. In fact, an hour ago, I was doing a guitar lesson. Um, everything, I just love to learn. I think that's the exciting thing for, for me, is to always take on something new, no matter how old you are or how busy you feel you are. You could always make time for something really?
3: new. Well, and you but, showed, too, that you have the, the capability. Like, we made fun of you because you didn't have it in you at one point, but you did have it in you. You just hadn't pursued it at that point. it.
0: So what's something that, I mean, you guys keep busy. JD, you're always renovating and working on, on houses because you're good at it and it's a passion for you. But for both of you guys, what's something else? If you weren't doing what you do now, Annalie modeling and makeup and, and whatnot in JD with, with building, what would you do as your next, like whether it's taking lessons or your next passion project? You want to go
4: first? Yeah, I mean, I think I've been really interested in mental health for a long time. And I think in the last, well, really since meeting JD, like that's the first time I've had a partner that supported me in not, not just being supportive, but like encouraging me to get any sort of therapy or like giving me the space to work on myself without judging me. And so I've been able to really make a lot of changes personally and I've just felt so much better. And so I wanted work more within that space and, just show other people how to express themselves, express themselves more fully, and be just overall like more conscious of how like what we do affects our entire lives and everyone else's lives as well.
0: Okay, and, and when you're when you're saying so, you mean yourself? Like, continue more therapy, learn more about um, you know uh, mental uh, illness and anything you can, and then sharing that via actually working with people or taking more education or interaction with your fans through social media?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Mainly through social media for now, but, um, I am, I did look into doing like a mental health course that it's, it's only for, um, crisis. So you can help people if they're like immediately in crisis, you can help direct them where to go. Um, I don't think I'm interested in necessarily going to school for it or anything. Um, but yeah, I would like to, I think I'm pretty good at helping people kind of, realize like what is important and, and that things do pass and things do get better. Um, mm-hmm. As long as you give yourself the space to work through it. And so I think I want to just continue down that road through social media and then wherever that leads.
3: And having a safe environment for people to kind of meet up and, yeah, and that's, discuss
4: things. Yeah. That's yeah. It, a safe and, environment. I, and I
1: think even if you don't have the formal or professional training and of course, always go to the experts as well, but to have an ally Um, Like yourself and to have someone who is vulnerable and willing to talk you never claim to have all the answers, but Just to have someone share the process of it makes people Mm -hmm. feel not alone and and safer to to share their experience with you Well, exactly and that's so valuable because you you Mm -hmm. can't You know, I've I've said before like I, I hate social media, but the great thing about it is that you can connect with people on such an intimate level that you that a lot of people might not have in their relationships at home like you guys like not everyone is as lucky to be able to have that open conversation
3: yeah yeah and sometimes that's all people need I think is to have a conversation they just need to be able to talk for a bit and -hmm. if they don't have that in their life maybe this is the sort of environment where they could find that it's other like-minded people who want to just have a discussion
1: In a relationship, like, how did you guys get to a point where you could talk about it? Because it's not as easy as just coming out and saying it, you know? And and when you do talk about it, how do you, like, what language do you use so that you're not accusing the other person or, like, making them feel guilty for feeling a certain way? Well, yeah, because, J.D., you <laughs> never,
0: growing up, you never, you never wanted to talk about your feelings or emotions. You always kind of bottled up and kept it to yourself, right?
3: No, I, I didn't. I had friends for that. I talked mm-hmm. to my friends about things, but I, I didn't talk to my family about most of that stuff and when we were younger my parents our parents were pretty religious like they, a lot of things came back to um you know the re- religious doctrine and I, I I didn't like that I didn't, I didn't want that to be the, the focus of what I was talking about so I had friends that I could talk to mm. openly that wouldn't be judging me from say uh, a religious perspective or a parent perspective and that was what was important to me. We all do it differently. And I think that's the key with relationships is finding out how to talk to each other because we don't all have the same way of addressing things. Obviously, mm-hmm. I, I'm i pretty sure Drew's probably the same. I'm a fixer. So I see a problem. I come in. I want to pull out my tools and figure out, how do I fix it? How do I make this better? And we move on. Well, that's just not how emotions work for a lot of people. So... I, I had to learn that lesson. It took a while,
4: but I think, I think for us from the beginning, like we just communicated really well because even before we were dating, we had such intimate conversations. Like I, I've never, never in my life with any of my partners, like I've never been able to talk about anything on such a deep level. And it was everything from just general life experience, to like mental health issues and like traumas we'd been through, and we were just very open with each other. And so when I first started having, um, what was it? I think I I started having some depression while we were actually on our first vacation together and I didn't know what it was because I hadn't had depression since I was 17 and it just came out of nowhere. And we were in Vancouver in the summer and the weather's great. It was during pride, like all this cool stuff was going on, but I was just so in my head and, I was crying all the time and he just was so gracious with me and didn't get upset. And like, I remember when we were there, I like ugly cried. I mean, I had snot like pouring out of my nose. It was like all all over his shoulder.
0: (laughs) But what triggered, what what triggered that?
4: um, So I was going through, my mom has ALS, which she's had since I was uh, 13, but she was having a flare up and I just, I hadn't gone for counseling in so long that I kind of forgot how to deal with the fear of the unknown, I guess. And so I was just super emotional about worrying about my mom and he just like was really gracious and just helped me while I snotted all over him. And then when I got back to, or when we got back to Vegas, um, I found a life coach and I went to her for a while and I actually didn't really have the money to pay for it. So he helped me, Pay for it.
3: And that's important as a partner to realize for each other that you can't always fix it. You can't always make it better for your partner mm-hmm. because I, I'm not an expert. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not mm-hmm. a therapist. And I can I can listen and I can offer suggestions. But ultimately, I want my partner to get the help that she needs you know, from the best source possible. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: So that's where a therapist would come in. Mm -hmm. You know, you go talk Mm -hmm. to somebody that is actually trained to do this and they know a lot of different reasons why something might be manifesting at that time or where it's coming from, whereas I wouldn't know.
1: Yeah. And how did, how did JD, how did you learn how to be that compassionate and gracious when it comes to that situation? Because I think other people especially in newer relationships maybe you would take her being down as like something wrong between you two right you know what I mean like it, it yeah. someone can can easily take it as an offense to the relationship and not an external thing um, because it does impact the the mood between yourself so how have you learned to just be open to the fact that she's having this issue and I am you know this source of comfort for her and not, not a solution.
3: Well, there's always going to be that side of you, like that part of your brain that instinctually thinks, Oh, this is about the relationship, mm-hmm. but you have to kind of push that down and, and think on a broader level. And I, I think the part of me that that prepared me for that was I had mostly female friends growing up, like over my lifetime, I've had a lot of girlfriends, but not people I'm dating, just girlfriends mm-hmm. and women, have similarities in how they experience things and how their emotions are dealt with. And so I've been through that and I've seen it and I've been able to talk to people about it before and understand that I can't like hardline the cure for this. Like there's no, there's no pill or uh, activity that you can do that just makes it go away. You have to kind of figure out what the, the root source is and then tackle that.
4: And occasionally it is a pill.
3: Well yeah, and that's But you don't know it. that right away. Like I know a lot of people are against medication and I, I feel like that's the wrong mentality too. You, you shouldn't ever discount anything that is going to improve your life. Mm-hmm. And if your life is going through hell because mm-hmm. you're depressed or suicidal or anxious mm-hmm. and other things haven't worked, then you should consider medication. If that makes oh, yeah. your life get back to that even keel where you can enjoy yourself on a daily basis, there's nothing wrong with that.
0: You know, honestly, it's, it's what we talk about on the health side of things too. Linda and I don't like um, taking uh, any prescription drugs or anything like that for different things. Like if we're, you know, upset stomach, or whatever it is, we like to try and do something a holistic way first. And yeah. if that doesn't work, or if there's something like when we came back from uh, our honeymoon, I ended up having a, a stomach bacteria infection. Well, then I ended up having to right. take an antibiotic. But
1: And I it, think that goes to show that the lack of understanding you know, of mental health because if you had a physical like obvious ailment or like E. coli like we would take something for it to get rid mm-hmm. of it but when you look at mental wellness you don't see it so it's like oh like why would I take medication for it? I mean I don't know anything about that medication but like we don't treat it the same way as you do an injury. No. Right.
3: Yeah. I but think it, too. the person just has to look at what does and doesn't work for them. And yeah. if you've spent years trying one method and you're still having issues, then it's time to look at other ways to deal with it because mm. there's a lot of options out there. There is holistic, there's medication, there's therapy, there's all sorts of things to try. There's even, you know, a lot of physical things like physical activity is, is good for your mental health. Like it helps mm-hmm. get past certain things. I know you, are always in a much better mental state if you're regularly working out. Oh
4: yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So. And so, J.D., with your, over the last two years, year and a half, two years, you had some major health concerns and, and health issues that you've been working through and over the years you've had some some issues from time to time. Can you talk a bit about your your process working through that, trying to figure out what was wrong? Because I know for quite some time you had no idea what was causing all these issues.
3: It, it, I don't know, that's a tough one because I've had, like, two main instances in my life where I got really, really sick. And at those times, didn't have any idea what it was. And one of them was when I was in Australia. I just suddenly got very ill. I was losing weight like crazy. And um, I couldn't walk at one point. I I had to walk with a cane. Um, And when I got back, nobody seemed to know what it was. And it took a long time of testing and all all that to figure out. that 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 issue was actually a couple fairly simple problems but the two problems together had compounded into all these awful symptoms and uh it really was a fairly easy fix and what was it again when uh when when i actually got treated for it i think it was three days later i felt brand new Hmm. and i put back on i think i put on like 20 pounds in uh the first like two weeks
0: So later on, JD, then you had a completely different set of issues that started kicking in.
3: Yeah. So this was about two years ago and it started out with, um, with sensitivity to heat because we live in Las Vegas where it is very hot in the summertime. And that's never really been an issue for me. I kind of like the heat, but I was getting less and less tolerant to it. Like since we met, like I, um, it just started getting to me more. It would Make me very tired and then it got to the point where um if I was in any sort of heat like it didn't even have to be hot out it could be like
4: literally over 70 degrees over
3: 70 degrees I would suddenly just be out of it I'd be passing out on the spot I'd be out of commission for days and it felt like my skin was burning so that was like the weirdest feeling is it just felt like my skin was on fire like all over my body
4: and then your head but yeah, and, then, and my,
3: my head would get tingly and then it felt like uh, pressure from the inside, like, uh, like it was pushing out.
4: Mm.
3: I was going to specialist after specialist. I saw four neurologists, um, but what was, uh, was a doctor that does the oh, autoimmune disorder doctor. um a
4: Rheumatologist.
3: Rheumatologist. And just wasn't really finding anything definitive. Like it was the odd one would have some ideas, but nothing that said, oh yeah, this is it. And uh, it, it
4: wasn't even like, there was actually only one doctor that had a, a real few suggestions. All the rest of them were very like, oh, it could be MS. It could be a lupus. It could be this. It could be that. It was like, this, yeah. there was only one doctor that actually Kind and, of, and, it down. And, and I, I also don't like it if they're
0: like that, and they just if they're like that, and then they just push medication on you. Then well, not, just,
4: they couldn't even suggest medication because it was so broad of what it could mm-hmm. be. that they, they
3: were usually just pushing me on to the next specialist. Yeah, like mm-hmm. they
4: didn't even want to tackle it.
3: But the problem mm-hmm. was, I find, and this is our health system, is they quite often like pre-diagnose you. So before they know for sure, they tell you, oh, mm-hmm. you have MS, mm-hmm. or oh. Uh, So the one for us was they told me that I had had a brain aneurysm
4: and then when I got
3: scanned, a deeper scan, they told me i had had two brain aneurysms um, during that time, which is very serious stuff. Like that is life ending.
0: It can kill you. Yeah.
3: And I I was like, oh, well, this, I don't know what to do about that. And so they sent me to the expert. And after all that, I still had no answers. And then... Ended up going to see the doctor who was on another episode of Forever Home. Forever Home, yeah. which was complete kismet. Like I, I, I hadn't met him, but I suddenly heard about him. Like, oh, his name is Scott, Doctor Scott. Mm-hmm.
4: Well, I think
0: I told. I think I told you about him, or, or D, maybe... Dee
4: Told me while we were on yeah. set because she was going to go to him.
0: Right, and right. I was like,
4: huh? I was just about to start looking for a natural, um, like a naturopath, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Well, he does natural and." Um,
3: Western what? medicine.
4: And I was like,
3: oh, okay. And he does what's called functional medicine. So it's basically a medicine that looks at the the whole body and tries to treat from whatever perspective they think is best, which could be holistic or it could be medicine. So it's not like they discount either. Mm-hmm. And um, so he had came, he brought me in and you came with me mm-hmm. and just talked to me for quite a while about everything. Went right back. Oh, no, you actually weren't
4: there. I was back. there the first time, but... He gave him, it was like a two-hour
3: appointment. Two two hours and just wanted to know everything, like back to my childhood. And then we ran so many tests, like literally, I think we did hundreds of tests. And to start with, he found like a severe infection in my intestinal tract. And I didn't know that was there. Uh, Nobody else had tested Mm. me that was there. And so we, we treated that. And then I had a bunch of other levels of things in my body that were way, way off, like um, so he, he supplemented those with different treatments and I started feeling better, like pretty fast like, I yeah. think it was within about a week, just oh. started feeling much, much better. And there was still more tests to do though. And, uh, then he discovered that I had mercury poisoning too, which is very rare. Like that doesn't happen often. And we still to this day, like a year later, don't know where, how that happened or where it was from because it was it was severe to the point where the county had contacted him to find out what was going on because it was such oh, a gosh. severe level of poisoning.
0: So what was the, what's a tolerable level and what were you at? So
3: you're supposed to be around eight.
4: But most humans are between 10 to 20 on, or like well, yeah,
3: it was like the range is like
4: up to 25 to 20 average.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But they like you to be like in the middle. And uh, I was at 50, 55. 52, oh my gosh. Yeah. So wow. it was very high. And um, we started treating that. That, that takes a, a very specific type, type of treatment because you have to basically draw that out of your system, which can make you worse because it, you're pulling the mercury through your body. And uh, the stuff that I had to take for that treatment was just awful. Like It was so bad, and I had to take it constantly. And it was like day. an
4: eight-step thing. It was like, take these pills, take this liquid, now yeah. this liquid, 30 minutes later, <sighs> take these liquids.
3: All the while, like charcoal, water, like all, all day. Yeah. Yeah. And so did that, did the first session of treatment for that, and it, it did have a marked improvement. So we had to do a second round of it. And after the second round, and I just found this out, it wasn't too long ago, like yeah, like
4: maybe a month,
3: month or so ago, that it took me right down. I think I'm at you're like five, five now.
4: now. And oh, I, oh, no. last time I got tested, I was at eighteen. Eighteen, yeah. So
3: we got her tested just to be safe, and we're like, well, if there's some sort of poisoning going on, we better check you to see if maybe you've been exposed yeah. Yeah. too. And so,
0: I mean, you that's drastically turned you around. Working with Dr. Scott has oh, yeah you know, brought you back to feeling healthy. How, how do you feel overall now? Do, do you feel almost like you were before you started having all
3: these problems? Do you have that energy and strength? I do. I, I, feel, I feel pretty much back to normal. And uh, the only thing, I am still sensitive to heat. Not like I was. So it's not like I'm going to pass out if I'm in heat. But I, I do get um, kind of overheated a bit faster than I would have mm-hmm. previously. Mm-hmm. But I think that's just one of those things I'm, I'm probably going to have to deal with. It's the same as I still have neuropathy in my hands. And uh, oh, yeah, I'll mention it. So it looks like overall what I had was something called fluoroquinolone toxicity, which comes from taking a certain type of antibiotic. Like there's a, mm-hmm. a certain family of antibiotics that have extremely serious side effects but most people don't know about that. Well, and most
4: doctors don't even...
3: Yeah, a lot of doctors it. don't even know about it, but they're not supposed to prescribe these unless it's a last resort, like um, yeah. unless other antibiotics haven't worked.
4: And he had a doctor that prescribed it to him twice within, I think, three months. Yeah, and, and it's Gosh. fairly
3: common stuff, like that. a name that you would even recognize. Like uh, Cipro. Cipro. That's
4: probably the most common one.
3: Yeah. So... Hmm. Uh, it's just a, it's an extremely high percentage of people that have these reactions to it. And sometimes they're lifelong. You can't actually get it out of your system. So that, that was, uh, it, it happened that Dr. Scott was treating the same way that would be treated when we found out, Oh, this is a definite possibility for what this mm-hmm. is.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm.
3: And, um, now, yeah, I feel like, I'm pretty much back to normal. Uh, I got to be extra careful because my immune system isn't very good. Mm-hmm. So right Especially now where care. we have the concerns about coronavirus, I, I've stayed in a little more than some people do. and uh, We have our strict procedures for anyone coming back into the house or receiving items. And It's mm-hmm. yeah. good though.
0: I mean, we have the same. We We yeah. have very strict procedures here. We haven't, you know, not letting people into the house and um, trying to, you know, we have a bin, uh, anything that's delivered goes into this big bin that we have and then everything is disinfected and, and, and clean coming out of there. But oh, it's good to hear though, that you're, you're feeling pretty much back to normal. Cause the one thing I really missed over the last year and a half is we love traveling together.
3: I can't wait to get back out and do some trips. And I know that, uh, we talked about discussing one of our, uh, one of our family trips, like, uh, those it the, like, Pre-wedding trip, but then I was like, I was like, uh, well, I was I I was on that trip. It was a horse riding one.
1: (laughs) Oh Um, yeah, yeah, Yeah. Yeah, the camping
3: trip, trip, which was yeah. Now, would you, if you were
0: feeling healthy, would you have enjoyed riding for that long? I don't know. Like, (laughs) (sighs)
3: you know, going back in the day, we did a lot of that, but it was never my go-to for like downtime. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I remember sure. that because w- what I would always, I mean, I loved it actually having, we all had our own horses and you wouldn't you would actually go off with your friends more, but I would go out and just hop on the trail and ride, um, or some of our neighbors, friends, Kim, uh, we would go out on the trail with, but yeah, you, you kind of got more into the the city life.
3: Yeah. I, I, mean, th- I, it's not that like I don't like riding. I, I, I enjoyed horses, but it was more work to me because I would have to take out trail rides and and go on them for work with people. And so the last thing I wanted to do when I had downtime was go out on the trail with horses. Which
0: is really funny because for work (laughs) you have to renovate houses on TV.
3: And then when you
0: go home, what you do for fun fun is you completely (laughs) renovate every day the
3: for years (laughs) your house. I, I wouldn't call it for fun. It's not for funsies. (laughs) <laughs> it just has to be done and I, so I'm, the project I'm working on is our office and I decided to do it myself and you know how many people we have on a crew when we are renovating yeah. a house there's a lot of construction people involved yeah. and so I'm doing your crew. all those roles myself so if you condense <laughs> all those people down to just you doing it we the would project be longer it, oh, won't it would take
1: longer.
0: It would be. I just think. I mean, you know me. Like this is. I I could not do what you're doing because I don't I don't like the inefficiency of having to do it on your own. But I know. But you've you've said to me in the past you actually enjoy it's almost like, it's almost therapeutic or it's your Zen moment to just get in there and and tackle drywall or certain projects. That would be my anti Zen moment. That would, that would put my anxiety through the roof. Um, getting the efficiency of other people who are better at it than me, that are faster than me to come in, the true trades that, that do this day in and day out, that's peace of mind for me. But again, everybody's different. I,
3: mean, well, you, I, I agree with you on that. I, I think that there is peace of mind to having someone come in and, and get it all done to complete your vision. But what not everyone gets is I used our office renovation as my point of sanity when I was very, very sick. Yep. So I felt like I was on the verge of dying. I didn't have a lot of time left. But the one thing that kept me distracted was that I could I could keep working on my, our office and I could take a break whenever I needed to. So if I, if I started to feel over, overheated, mm-hmm. I could just lay down for a bit. And then I could get back to it later on and, and work for 15, 20 minutes. So having started it that way, I have this point of pride in that this is yeah. a project that got me through yeah. a very, very difficult time. And I want to see it to completion. I want, mm-hmm. I want this to be my, my baby. Yeah. Yeah.
0: This is what I actually have, because uh, JD, you've always loved innovation in the home space for tools and you've always had every tool known to man. So of what you've seen for innovation with, uh, construction, um, and design, what would you say is your favorite gadget?
3: Uh, like as far as ins- tools go, or <laughs> items for using in the home?
0: Uh, just item items for when you're doing construction. Actually, oh, okay. an item in a home because I know you're
3: all
1: about the, the automatic tech and- toilet. Yeah, <laughs> or the. Uh- I mean,
3: that's nice personally, but um, for during the construction, uh, the la- laser tape measure. Um, I was sent one by tape company, and so they sent me a box of basically every product that they have. And I had just been using all the regular tape measures as I have for most of my life. And then I decided just out of the blue to open up the electric um, laser level. I'd never used one before. And my goodness, this was like life-changing. Gives you completely accurate uh, measurements wall to wall. There's no stretching anything out. You just set it down and tap the button and suddenly you have your your measurement. And I was like, why if I not use this for the last 20 years.
1: You just go yeah. around measuring everything for the fun of it. You know what I actually <laughs> you love is know is measuring. Yeah.
3: You know, You know
0: when you're putting down your subfloor, just your upright, and it's not a brand new tool, it's been around for a while, but your upright um, extensions for your drill, just to, to you pop in, yeah. your screws, just standing upright. I it's love that cute. because my back hurts. Every time we try to do it, I'm crawling around, and my knees are hurting, crawling around, trying to screw in all the screws on the yeah. subfloor, so...
3: And those are those same devices or a very similar one can be used for up in the rafters as well. And that helps too cuz you're you're just standing where you are and reaching yeah. up a little bit whereas before you had to get up into the rafters.
0: Of all the renovations we've done over the years. So we've been renovating since the early to mid 90s. There have been some dumb things that we've done and there have been some some things that we before we knew before Jonathan went to school for construction design, we learned along the way. What's the dumbest thing that you think you've ever done in construction?
3: Okay, there's there's two actually. <laughs> I'll just say them very briefly. One wasn't me. One was I think it was you and Jonathan actually. Uh, one one of you had put up a very small support, and it was at that house that I opted out of. Um, that the guy had built it from the scraps. Oh yeah, and. <sighs> So they'd supported the, the frame on the, the lower level with like a two by four. And at one point someone pulled it out and the entire upper floor started um, coming what? down visually at that time. So I, I can't remember who did it. And so they had to race to get more supports and, and like two by fours back into place. Oh my uh, and it also required jacking up the floor. To where it was, originally. and keep in
0: mind that house was almost entirely built by cinder block, and so and that's foster. a heck of a lot of weight, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. But the guy had, and signs
0: he also and signs any things. old signs he could find in the neighborhood, he turned that into walls. What?
3: Yeah. So, that was one. Oh, yeah, is- um, then the other one was, and this wasn't a solitary time, we did this a few times, but one that I remember is. We were working on the panel for a renovation. Let me just say, this
0: was you and Jonathan. I was was, never a part of this. Yeah, this was Jonathan and I.
3: (laughs) And Drew never wanted to do electrical because he didn't know much about it. We didn't know much about it either at that time. And so Jonathan and I, I think we did like rock, paper, scissors to decide who would do the actual work. And he lost. So he was the one at the panel. And because we knew it was so dangerous... We wanted to be able to get someone out if they were electrocuted. So I stood about five feet away. Well,
0: well let's clarify oh. first of all. Hold on a second. If you're doing electrical, if you get an electric current coming through you, it's not like you're just like spark, ooh, like this. When it hits you, you you seize up. So you yeah. basically, and Jonathan you would be seizing and grabbing.
3: And yeah. it, that's, it gets worse because you just are frying. So uh, we want to be able to get the person off of the line. And so I would stand about five feet away with a two by four cocked up to hit the person if we saw that they suddenly were electrocuted. Because what it what is an insulator? It wouldn't travel down the wood and not knock, knock them off. <laughs> Which, is, I, I remember very good oh or comfortable and not, we do not ex-
0: No, we do not recommend this. And this, so, so this was back when we were Yeah, this is when we were teenagers, like way back in the beginning. Yeah. And I, I remember saying to you guys, I'm like, Are you idiots? You're hitting each other with a two by four, and that's your safety for changing electrical. Can we pull a few dollars together to bring an electrician in here? And you're like, We got this, we got this. So
1: did you have to hit him?
0: Not that time, no. Now, I remember, I'm going to say one though. Do you remember um, you and I, this is just you and I flipping this house down in Maple Ridge where we were born or where we, where we grew up. And uh, it was the house, it was you, me and Orion in the house. And we were renovating as we went and we had already done the new kitchen, but it was very basic. So it was laminate countertops uh, in there and we had some uh, tile flooring in the kitchen, but we were working on the panel as well, which was in the laundry room. And so the actual cover in the panel was off. So you could see all of the um, the wiring. But we were doing laundry at the same time. So there was a fresh basket of dried laundry towels, I think it was, um, on a laundry basket just under the panel. Well, something sparked yeah. in the panel while you and I were in a different area of the house. And all of a sudden, I'm like, what's that smell? I smell burning. And we look over and the entire laundry basket, had, it had sparked onto this really super dry laundry and yeah. it just poof, went up in flames. And so like, ah. And, and so I remember- plastic basket. Oh, my like
3: gosh, Plastic, it was body melted. plastic. So it was, it was starting
0: to melt as well. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So we ran out of the... I grabbed it when it still had... Uh, it was on fire, but I grabbed it to get it out of the house. And as I raced around the kitchen, the plastic was melting and splashing, and it splashed onto the countertops and
3: was melting and burning the countertop. Oh, my gosh. And it was on the floor. The, like through the tile. Actually, it went through the tile a couple places. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And um, so
0: I got it outside, and it was snow. There was all snow outside. There was, like, I think six inches of snow. I threw the basket out... In into the snow, like thinking it's gonna be final burn out, out there. Came back inside and grabbed the nozzle from the kitchen and was spraying down all the spots that were.
3: Oh, uh, I think that, aforementioned. So what was in the basket was a, a comforter, like a blanket. Oh, I'm right. so on the bed.
0: Yeah. And so now we'll get to the entertaining but dumb side of the story. Uh JD's dog, O'Rion, who was the the most adorable dog, not the smartest dog. <laughs> Um, he while we were putting out all the fire inside the house, we turn around and look outside, and all we see it was like it was like in a movie. All we saw was this long bit of a hall area, and then you see the outside where the basket is burning, and it was a blanket.
3: The blanket had like kind of spread out a little bit when he threw it down, so it was laying out on the snow.
0: Ryan's sitting in the middle of the blanket while it's on fire,
3: <laughs> just with a little smile yeah. on his face.
0: Yes. Thanks, guys
3: a blanket on the ground was his thing. Like that was his yeah. domain. <laughs> oh my God. Just on them. I'm like, oh my God.
2: So, oh, my l- God. Luckily, oh my God. Luckily
3: he didn't get burnt. He was so confused
0: when we yelled at him. He didn't, he didn't burn himself. But we learned though, at that point, that's why you always keep the cover on the panel or the door to your panel shut so that there never is a spark that causes
3: an issue. Anyway. Yeah. Cause the spark right. can do a lot of damage. I actually, had, I had a spark uh, not too long ago. I was working on a, an outlet and, um, You know, even the most experienced person can have a moment where something slips or a wire slips and the wires crossed and it actually burnt right through my wire cutters, which is, you know, hardened steel. It burnt a gash through my uh, steel wire cutters. Um, I was okay, but that shows you how dangerous it can be.
4: These are the stories i like to just not hear about. Yes, Most well, this is also the reminder
3: as to why you always leave it to
0: professionals. Like Now, obviously, we've been doing this for a very long time, but like you said, things can still happen and we're yeah, always and telling homeowners, don't try you know, and just tackle everything Don't yourself. be dumb
3: and don't feel like you can do everything. You got to have the right materials and you got to have the right gear when you're doing that kind of work.
0: And don't sit in the middle of a burning blanket. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, on that note, I think it's time for us to head out. I will never get that out of my Brain, what? what? What is it? I, I don't. It's I don't know. It's your He-Man shirt. There's, there's something He-Man about you. Well, thank you so much, guys, for uh sitting and chatting with us. Please continue to sit while we finish up. <laughs> for anybody listening, sit,
1: JD, sit. for anyone
0: listening, JD just stood up and he has tidy orangeys on. He's not, not tidy he's not wearing
1: pants.
0: He's wearing no oh, pants with yes. tidy yes.
1: orangeys. <laughs>
4: no.
0: <laughs> well thanks so much and look forward to seeing you guys in person sometime soon. Look, I know
4: I can't wait.
3: We're actually going from here to visit Jonathan. Uh, we've got to pick up some stuff from him. Oh right a on
1: nice social distance visit. With masks
3: with masks yeah. from a distance. Right. Yeah. Well, enjoy your
0: time uh, away from us. Because I say don't once...
1: put don't put your pants on when you go visit.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't put your pants on. So the neighbors once we're back, will
4: find that amusing, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> we will see you guys very
3: soon. All
0: Thank right. you so love much. You guys, love you, love you guys. guys. Bye. Ah, That's a sigh of happiness. I love chatting with JD and Anneli. It was almost like we were in the same room together.
1: Yeah, but if we were in the same room together, he would have hopefully had his pants on.
0: Uh, well, definitely would have had the pants on. <laughs> well, I would have kicked him know. out.
1: I, uh, I also don't like wearing pants or clothes in the house. So
0: When people are around, I will put my pants on. But aside from that... Linda gets to see the birthday suit.
1: Your birthday suit.
0: Maybe I'm wearing it right now.
1: Ooh. Now, no,
0: now. So I I do find it fascinating how, as soon as we met Anna Lee, I mean, you were saying this, that she felt like a sister. She felt like, you know, you knew her for years and years. It wasn't like you just met her for the first time.
1: Yeah, it was. And, and we're not, we're, I'm honestly not just saying that. And Drew, I think you have the same memory. We went to bed during that holiday thinking like, Man, she's awesome.
0: I remember thinking like, JD, score, don't let her go because if you guys split up, we're staying with her uh, in the family, <laughs> not you. No, um, we, we just thought it was really great. We were, it was awesome to see JD so happy and then to have someone like Annalee with such a, a bright, positive, fun personality join the fam.
1: Yeah, she is. she is like my foodie travel soulmate.
0: She is like Linda with pink hair and a Southern accent.
1: She she has a southern accent. Well, all maybe of a not southern.
0: She has a her Amarillo accent. <laughs> well, there's a little bit of drawl to it.
1: But yeah, we we definitely click, and it's it's just very easy.
0: All right, it's the time we've all been waiting for.
1: Time to hop on our call with astronaut
0: commander Chris Cassidy. He's up at the International Space Station in space 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 space
1: space, space. station. This is At Home Podcast. How do you hear me?
2: Loud and clear. Hello, this is Chris. Hey, Chris, Drew and Linda here.
1: Hi, great to
2: see you. Good to see you. Hi, guys, how are you? Great to hear your voice. I think the last time our paths crossed, we were suspending you from our uh, gravity simulating machine we have in in the the training building back in Houston.
0: You know, it is still one of the coolest things we have ever done. So I thank you for taking us through some of that simulated uh, training. Uh, how, so how long are you going to be
2: up above us, up in the stars? So I launched in April. Planned return is October 22nd. A little over six months. So we've knocked knocked one month off of that, and uh, got to get through the summer and the fall, and then I'll be home.
0: Now, now be honest. I know you're storing Tom Cruise away somewhere. <laughs> is it, you know are you guys bunk mates? Is he taking the top bunk? I don't understand. You know you need to give us some details, juicy details.
2: Well. I've never met him, but I hear he's a short guy. So, so I've got the the, the small little quarters over here, ready ready for him to go. No, in all seriousness, we're that's exciting news, and uh, I'll, I'm just as 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 curious as everyone else is to hear what the the actual plans and the timeline for it all are.
1: Being away from home for so long. I'm sure you have a different definition of home. What does home mean to you?
2: That's exactly how I view the space station now. I mean, space station is my home for this six months and I view every single day, like how can I make this place better? How can I uh, make it more livable for me? And and just like when I'm at home, I think about projects and maybe watch, watch your show and come up with an idea. Ooh, I like that kitchen. Uh, I'll have that idea. So home is a place where I feel very comfortable and, and long to beef be at the end of the day or at the end of a mission.
0: I mean, if you want me to come and renovate your kitchen up at the space station, I can, you know, I can come and help you out just so you can whip up some of those great astronaut dinners.
2: Yeah, that's right. I, I think you'll have to arm wrestle Tom Cruise for that one available seat, uh, but maybe, maybe they'll open up another one for you. We've got a perfect a kitchen that's in desperate need of your guys' design touch. So, what's a, a
0: message that you can share? A lot of people, you know, they they view you know a home as their house, but what's a message you can share about talking about sort of uh, a collective home being our planet Earth?
2: Yeah, you know. There's, there's two windows on either side of me there, and when, when you look down and you see Earth, we're, we're not high enough to see it as one marble, but we see, I see a full curvature of the Earth and this tiny little atmosphere that's keeping, it, keeping everybody alive. And you realize that Earth is, is really an, another spaceship, just like the one I'm in. You, at your own home, do actions that don't destroy it you want to take care of your home and improve your home as we just talked about. And and I think that's a message for for everyone is take actions individually that will help collectively improve our home. And our home is a spaceship for seven billion people, planet earth.
1: And now that we've all been spending so much time in our homes, do you have any lessons in isolation, tips for keeping a strong mentality or focusing on the bigger picture?
2: Yeah, that's kind of tough, right? When when you're going stir crazy, it's you want to have hope to 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 get out. And I think it's in just enjoying uh, precious moments. You know, when when it was a really tight lockdown, really enjoying tho- those moments with your family. Now, I think, uh, from what I hear, anyways, there's opportunities to get out, go to the park, maybe, and you can uh, go outside. Albeit, you might have to have a mask on or whatever. But enjoy those precious moments, be it with your family or a walk in the sun. Uh, a smell of fresh cut grass or the ocean, that's something that, that I'm looking forward to or smells. We don't have smells up here on the space station, uh, particularly when I have fewer crewmates, but uh, <laughs> um, well, it's the most—the the, the thing I look forward to most is is those smells of earth, which are the smells of home when I get back. And you were talking about, about hope. I think there are a lot of
0: people who feel hopeless or helpless. Um, they're just one person when it comes to making change in the world. And when we're looking at something as critical as climate change, um, what's a message that you can share for how individually we can do our part?
2: I think you you and your brother are basketball players, and uh, and and I shared a little basketball in my earlier days, and I think about it a, as a game. You just do your role, do your part, and if you just box out, if you just get a rebound, if you just uh, go a little bit extra hustle uh, on defense that's your job, and, and just focus on your job, then the bigger picture pieces fall together. The coach can come up with a strategy. Maybe that's analogous to governments coming together with a strategy. And pulling it all together for a vision that's victory on the sports field or a vision which is a healthy earth um, in our in our world.
1: Is there a particular study in your current mission that you're most excited about uh, for its everyday uses on Earth.
2: Well, let's see. So our our bodies are the um, are the subject of a lot of tests. The ones that uh, I'm kind of looking f- been excited about because it affects my every single day is uh, my diet. Uh, I'm eating more fish and vegetables on this particular mission, and we're seeing how that changes uh, over the six months. Uh, and I think it's it's I'm really excited about that. Now that's not far-reaching globally to everybody, but perhaps if you say, eat that's, eat better, you're gonna live longer, you know, it's probably not an earth, earth-shattering statement, but um, there's plenty of other things going on. We, I just cleaned up a, a, a veggie, our vegetable garden, They were sprouting when I arrived, and then we took that down.
0: Well, thank you so much for taking the time, and you can help us with our veggie garden as well. Mm -hmm. And we're excited about Tom Cruise's movie because you know we love NASA, your research, your education. We're fascinated by space, and I think it's really going to bring a lot more eyeballs
2: to all the amazing things that you do. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for taking the time.
2: Thanks, guys. It's a pleasure to be with you, and uh, come back to Houston anytime you want.
1: We look forward to it.
0: Bye. Well, thanks so much for joining us, guys. I hope you had fun. Thank you to Brandon Angelino, our podcast producer.
1: Thanks to Anna Lee Bell, our researcher family and,
0: and researcher, and also our song "Feels Like Home." That's by Victoria Shaw and Chad Carlson. Love you guys.
1: And if you want to get in touch with us, message us on Instagram at at home
0: you can also text me I will give you my personal cell phone 310-496-8667 we would like you guys to tell us who you'd like to see on the podcast who we'd like to sit down and chat with and what you want to hear us talk about
1: cool shall we go have dinner?
0: I think it's time for dinner
1: yeah I'm so
0: hungry adios amigos ADT now professionally installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT is awesome and believes that the smarter the home, the safer the security.
1: I can't wait to see what they do next.
0: They're going to put Google Nest doorbells on the moon.
1: (laughs) Actually,
0: i like to know what's happening at our front door from virtually anywhere with our Google Nest doorbell.
1: I do love how when we're out at dinner, we can see exactly what's going on at the front door.
0: And we can control our ADT smart devices like... Lights, locks, the security system with Google Nest speakers and displays.
1: Mm -hmm. All you have to say is, hey, Google, to get started.
0: Well, I think it's great for people to help protect what matters most with all of this. Plus, 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google.
1: Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help make your home smarter and safer.
0: Hey, Google.